This is Being Catholic with Bob Johnston on Catholic Spirit Radio. Hi, this is Bob Johnston, and you're listening to Being Catholic right here on Catholic Spirit Radio, 89.5 FM and 92.5 FM in good old McLean County in Bloomington Normal, 88.3 in Pontiac, 97.1 in Lincoln, 89.1 in DeKalb Sycamore, and 89.3 in Morris Joliet, covering much of central and also northern Illinois, and also growing thanks to you. We're going to have a great show for you today. We're going to talk about integralism some more. I'm here with my wife, Lynn. Remember always that we're brought to you by you, so any donations that uh, you are able to make are always appreciated. If you would like to make a donation, you can go to our website, and that's catholicspiritradio.com. Again, that's catholicspiritradio.com. If you'd like to call us, you can call us at 309-807-2427. Again, that's 309-807-2427. And uh, it still is a mad, 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 mad world out there. But uh, at any rate, at least uh, we have gotten some rain that we really, really needed. I'm sure the farmers are uh, very, very pleased with it because uh, the crop sure needed it, and uh, it got very, very dry as we're working into the summer. And before we start, of course, I'm going to turn it over to my wife, Lynn, and see if she has anything to say, and then we'll go into a little bit more on integralism. Hi, welcome to summer. It's really summer out there. The heat sometimes, it really bothers me. And the smoke that's in the air when it was, and I was so relieved when it was, it stormed and we got rid of the the smoke. I could smell it today a little bit. Oh, don't say that. Oh, I guess it's still burning up there. Their their land, the trees in Canada. It's such a shame they have that, but that's that's the way it goes on Earth, and that's where we're at. Watching it get madder and madder. It's nuts. That's all. You know, just plain nuts. We look at what's going on in Washington, D.C., and uh, it's crazy. Wild. Well, at any rate, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about integralism. Integralism is the idea of working Christian principles. In our case, of course, we're talking about Catholic principles actually into the laws of the state, and uh, we're making a case for that. Last week, we talked about the fact that there really is no such thing as religious freedom. There never was, there isn't now, and there never can be. What we have, actually, in the United States is religious plurality. Uh, The state uh, permits any religion, no matter how silly, in fact, actually, uh, among the framers of our country, the idea was that the more religions, the merrier, because if you have a number of religions, especially if they're all in conflict with, with each other, it uh, reduces the power of religion, and the uh, articles in the Constitution, uh, in the First Amendment, the religious clauses actually were designed to protect the state from religion, not uh, religion from the state. And they were designed the other way around. And the thing is, is just if you think about common sense, there really can't be such a thing as religious freedom because whatever point of view a state takes, 
it is the lawmaker and the lawgiver, and its laws have to be regnant. That is, they have to supersede everything else. If there was really such a thing as religious freedom, people could make up any religion they wanted in order to get around almost every law that you could pass. I mean, you know, if somebody wanted to smoke pot, they could simply say, well, our religion requires that uh, we smoke pot in our religious ceremonies and everything would be a religious ceremony and so on. And you can see, in other words, the state law supersedes uh, religion and uh, religious have to obey the state laws and uh, there, there just isn't any way around that. So our contention is, is that since there isn't any such thing as religious freedom, in the first place, then let's take a look at the, uh, in effect, religion or irreligion that the state actually has enshrined, and that is secular liberalism or secular progressivism. And uh, we have shown last week, and we'll show again today, that it is not working, and uh, it, it simply isn't capable of unifying and holding a nation together. And in order to do that, we need a religion because earlier times, Christianity was the position that the state itself almost took by default. In other words, everybody was pretty much Christian and uh, the workings of the secular state had not watered down Christianity much yet. And so most of the laws that were passed were actually laws that were in keeping with Christianity, and they were derived from Christianity, and that held our nation together. But now, because uh, we're losing the very uh, foundation that built Western civilization, that is Christianity, the Catholic Church in particular, uh, it, we're losing it. Most people are no longer very religious because the state actually implies that religion is simply a personal opinion. We talked about that last week. And uh, it's no religion is really true, according to the implications in our laws in the state. And uh, the state, though, it takes its definition of religion as actually being a fact and being true. So uh, it, it treats itself as being truthful and holding the truth. And it treats all religions as simply a matter of personal opinion, a matter of belief, and not a matter of fact. But again, like I say, that very pronouncement that the state makes about religion, it takes as if it is a known fact that that's the case. So, in other words, it reserves for itself a supreme ruling position and it reserves for religion actually a lesser position. And so most of its laws will actually favor non-religious belief over religious belief. And that's what we have today, and it's not holding the nation together, and we're having trouble, and so we're going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about an article here and read from it. It's from uh, Touchstone Magazine, and uh, it's called Nothingness Rules. And let me look here. It's uh, in the, uh, what edition here? It's uh, the July-August 2023 edition of Touchstone Magazine, a journal of Christianity. And the title of it is Nothingness Rules. I want to read something at the beginning uh, of it that gives us an idea of what's happening in our country. And the articles themselves will show what's happening with the 
liberal, secular liberalism or secular progressive uh, idea of the state. And it says here, uh, the second psalm announces a crisis of authority. Why do the heathen range, rage? Why do the heathen rage? And the people imagine a vain thing. The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. The authority of God once formed the conscience of men. It bound our faith, our science, our law, and our culture. Where and how have we cast the bands asunder, and what comes next? And it's talking about the fact that modern civilization has cast the bands of religion asunder, the things that held us together, the things that uh, gave uh, stability to our society, and uh, the result is what we're seeing around us today, a dysfunctional society and a society that's getting worse. That's true, and I think we need to examine uh, or touch on the idea that this freedom of religion, I think most Americans look at it as we've been given this freedom to practice our religion as we want. Well, that was not maybe the intent. Did you ever think of it in reverse, that this freedom of religion idea really protects the state, not the people? It, it protects the government? Exactly, and that you know that was the intention, uh, and that was Jefferson and Madison's intention was to protect the state that they had just created from the any uh, uh, religion interfering religion, with that. Exactly, religion itself, and the thing is, is that no state can really have freedom. Of, to be fair, uh, a state, a ruling government, has to be regnant. But the point is, is that. The ruling point of view in our our country is secular liberalism or secular progressivism, whatever you want to call it. And we're going to read and talk about secular liberalism and progressivism and see how it has watered down Christianity. And it itself is simply a constant revolution. It is not capable of, capable of creating a, a civilized and stable society. And we need the principles of religion actually enshrined in the state. And the thing is, is that people want to object to that because they'll say, oh, well, that's against the freedom of religion. But the fact is, there is no such thing as freedom of religion. Religion always has to be subordinate to the state and the state's laws. It couldn't be otherwise. If it was, there wouldn't be any law. Every religion could proclaim a law unto itself. And that doesn't work. So as long as we are going to have... Uh, a state that supersedes religious freedom and is above uh, religion in that respect, that is more powerful and is enshrined by law, we might as well have one that is in keeping with the Christian foundation that built Western civilization in the first place, and that was Christianity. In particular, it was Catholic Christianity. So let's get into this. I'm going to read from this article, Nothing Rules. Our Political Void and the Disintegration of Truth, and the article is by Michael Hanvey. He's an associate professor of religion and philosophy 
of Science at the John Paul II Institute at the Catholic University of America. He is the author of two books and numerous essays, and as part of the movement to renew Catholic education, has co-authored the curriculum for two schools. This article is adapted from his talk given at the 2022 Touchstone Conference, uh, Something Wicked This Way Comes. And I think something wicked has gotten here, hasn't it, Lynn? Oh, yes. I often think of the, the beginning of one of uh, Stephen King's uh, books, wasn't it? Chapter, Something Wicked This Way Comes. Probably. it's. I think the thing goes. There was a movie of his. Yeah, something Wicked This Way Comes. I can mm-hmm. feel it in my thumbs. I think mm-hmm. that's how it goes. Anyway, it says here, American politics, regardless of one's political persuasion, seems characterized above all these days by a sense of dread. But there is no agreement about the meaning and origins of this dread. That those on opposite ends of the political spectrum give diametrically opposed accounts of it and regard the other side as the repository of their darkest fears may turn out to be one of its deepest symptoms. And since there is no longer any aspect of American life outside the political spectrum, this sense of dread hangs over just about everything. How are we to understand this? And I like the way he points out here that there doesn't seem to be any longer any aspect of American life outside of politics. It seems secular liberalism leads us into a world of politics, politics, and nothing but politics. It has been astonishing to discover in recent years just how fragile is the unspoken consensus underlying civil society because that consensus has really been pretty much eroded away by the lack of a common religion. None of us predicted how fully our electoral politics would descend into farce or anticipated just how quickly the fragile bonds of our liberal order would go up in flames. Yet the riots of 2020 and the aftermath of the Dobbs decision to say nothing of the frequent spasms of mass violence roiling our society, call into question whether even the basic efficacy of the law can outlast the wholesale loss of faith in the foundations of its authority or the discrediting of authority as such. Phenomena seemingly as widespread among those responsible for executing and enforcing the law as among those who feel themselves chafing under it. None of us anticipated the breadth, much less the success, of the cultural iconoclasm aimed at destroying the entirety of our civilizational memory, nor, I dare say, how quickly and thoroughly human nature, already effectively demolished by a reductive and functionalist science, would be, would be abolished in culture, language, and law. None of us foresaw the scope and power of our decentralized surveillance system, the mutual surveillance of all against all. Such pervasive violence, despair, and disintegration raise fundamental questions, both about the success of the American experiment and about the future. What is left to a people who have believed only in politics when their faith fails them? when they simply cease to believe in the foundations and principles of their own civilization and the myths that made them a nation. 
Our bureaucratic entanglements and a common antipathy toward reality enough to sustain their unity as a people? What is left to a people who have believed only in politics after they lose their faith is nothing, or perhaps the nothing. And what follows the failure of politics is not another form of political order, but most likely the end of political community as such, and therefore a properly human self-government. We are on the cusp of a new age that is at once post-political and post-human, and both for the same reason. And my contention is that reason is because the deception of the idea of a neutral government and the idea of freedom of religion in this uh, unwillingness of Catholics and other religious people to assert the idea that the state needs to adopt religious principles if it is going to survive. So we're going to have to stop here and take a break. So stay with us. We'll be right back. You've been listening to Being Catholic with Bob Johnston on Catholic Spirit Radio. July is the month for Catholic Spirit Radio's Matching Monday. I'm this year's Matching Monday donor, Patricia, and I'm going to double up to $6,000 every donation made on the Mondays in July. I challenge you to donate big, so I have to write that matching big check. Donate online at catholicspiritradio.com or mail your check on any Monday in July to 108 Boykin's Place in Normal. Why am I willing to be the matching donor? Before I converted, Catholicism seemed mysterious to me, even though my husband was Catholic. However, after speaking with a priest, I knew I wanted to become a Catholic too. I began listening to EWTN programs and grew tremendously in my understanding and love of the faith. When my children came along, I was thankful that we could attend church together, and we still do whenever family comes to town. Catholic Spirit Radio needs our financial support so we can grow in our faith. If you've never donated, start this July. If you've donated in the past, July is the month to give extra. Remember, I will double it during July Matching Mondays. Help seniors remain independent. Faith in Action is a nonprofit providing transportation for people over 60 to medical appointments and grocery stores. Become a Faith in Action driver in the extended Bloomington Normal Area, 309-827-7780. Has Catholic Spirit Radio touched you? Maybe it has brought you closer to God or even into the church. Tell us your story. Call or text our listener comment line. If you like, you can remain anonymous, 773-541-4159. Hi, this is Bob Johnston. We're back from our break. You're listening to Being Catholic right here on Catholic Spirit Radio. We're talking about integralism in general. And right now we're talking about the dysfunction uh, of uh, secular liberalism and the fact that it is not uh, capable of providing religious freedom in the first place. There isn't any such thing. No government can provide total religious freedom. And uh, if... uh, we are going to keep our civilization from falling apart, as people can see, I think, on both sides of the fence, that it is in very serious trouble and seems to be disintegrating. If we're going to retain it and uh, keep it together and unify our nation and live in a human society, a humane society that's free, we're going to have to change the principles upon which our society is built 
and bring back the principles that actually created Western civilization in the first place. Those were Christian principles, and in the beginning, they were, in, in the whole of Christendom, Catholic principles. And if we don't do this, my contention is, is that we are sliding into a totalitarianism in which we have secular liberalism in constant revolution against any kind of stability at all. And the article goes on. It says, to begin to see what we're really up against, we must try to grasp the metaphysical, theological, and religious meaning of our historical moment. The real drama of our time is the practical and political outworking of the death of God in the institutions and intellectual structures of our society. What John Paul II and Benedict XVI called the eclipse of the sense of God and man, a darkness, we must confess, from which Christianity and the church are not exempt. Indeed, arguably, the greatest crisis internal to Christianity in the West is the pervasiveness of an atheism that does not know itself, where religiously enthusiastic, pious, moral, and even doctrinally orthodox Christians have found a way to smooth over the fault lines that lie between their professed faith and the functional atheism that guides nearly every aspect of their life. And I think the reason that it is smoothed over is this deception of the state that somehow or another there is religious freedom and the Christians, Catholics as well as other Christians, faithfully try to understand and keep this separation of church and state. And when they see things going against Christianity, they think that somehow or another that uh, their religious freedom is uh, under attack. Well, the fact is that there never was and isn't any such thing as religious freedom in the first place. And secular liberalism, being a particular point of view, is the reigning uh, philosophy of the state, and it, being a reigning philosophy, overrides religion, and little by little, the Christianity that held our country together and our society together becomes watered down and eventually it's no longer capable of capable of doing that and we're left with pure secular liberalism which is a constant rebellion and revolution against the stability of a society it goes on here it says uh this uh living humanely as a people will require much more than American Christianity in either its Catholic or Protestant form. And it, this has thus far shown itself capable of, than it, than it thus far has shown itself capable of. For this darkness cannot be overcome merely by a revival of piety or morality. It will require nothing less than a renewal of the Christian mind, capable of contending at every level, philosophical, scientific, technological, aesthetic, political, with a spirit of negation haunting our world. And uh, I'm saying here that it will require rejecting secular liberalism as the uh, 
basic philosophy, the foundation of our our country. It, it, it simply is not working and it cannot do the job of holding a country together as the, the Christianity held Christ, Christendom together. So it goes on here. It says, liberalism elevates possibility over actuality in the political sphere by identifying freedom with rights. Rights create uh, what a philosopher, D.C. Schindler, calls an enclosure of a field of power around each citizen, transforming every given reality that would define me prior to my choosing, God, the moral order, and now we discover even my own nature into a possible object of choice. And what this means is that many things come to us before we make any choices. We don't have any choice about who our parents are. We don't have any choice about the language we learn that we're born into. We don't have any choice about the culture that we are born into. Uh, we don't have any choice uh, about a lot of the things in our lives. But liberalism looks at everything and everybody as being a radical sort of atomic person who is able to and must make free choices about everything. And that whole idea of endless free choice creates what is a constant war against the status quo so that uh, everything that we didn't choose when we find this out must be somehow or another overturned. And so liberalism, secular liberalism, is a constant revolution against the stability uh, and uh, the, the milieu that we're born into, as if somehow or another, if it doesn't suit us particularly, we're entitled to overturn it because we didn't choose it. And that's what he means by constant uh, free choice. Everything seems to be a choice. Every person is a radical individual and must choose everything for himself. And somehow or another, we're taught if we haven't cho chosen everything for ourselves, if it's not our way, we have the right somehow or another to attack it and overturn it. And this is what's going on in our society. Um, yes, it's a constant rebellion like you mentioned before. It's constantly rebelling against anybody telling anybody, other people, how to live. Therefore, I'm making myself my own God, and I'm going to do what I want. Exactly, and it's a rebellion against authority, just as I read from the beginning, the crisis of authority. Right. The second psalm in the Bible announces a crisis of authority. It says that, you know, the heathen rage, and the people imagine a vain thing. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord. And, there's, and that's exactly what's going on, this constant rebellion. Right. And this all began, and I hate to say it, but it all began with uh, Henry VIII and the Protestant uh, Revolution. A lot of it did, as we'll soon see. The liberal conception of religious liberty, for example, claims to protect religious freedom. And we just talked about that. It claims, religious liberty claims to protect religious freedom, and of course it really doesn't, while transforming every religious tradition into a variation of Protestant congregationalism, a voluntary association within the large and authoritative civic whole. And this is exactly what John Locke defined 
uh, as a religion. He defined religion simply a voluntary group of people who come together because uh, their beliefs uh, about the transcendent or the supernatural uh, coincide with each other, and it's totally voluntary. And when their beliefs and so forth are no longer compatible with each other, then they can disband or dissolve, uh, disassociate, and reform other associations where each person in the association is more compatible. And that's what we have had in, in this country. We have had a religion that is really simply a matter of personal opinion and personal choice. And maybe a lot of it is because uh, that's exactly the principle that we enshrined into our Constitution, that religion, at least implicitly implied by the clauses in the Constitution, is simply a matter of choice, and it's simply a matter of personal opinion. And in the Protestant tradition, that personal opinion, when it's no longer in, in uh, common with each other, uh, the, the, the groups can disassociate and reform again endlessly. And so, in effect, the whole idea of religion is a constant rebellion against the, the authority that has been established. And we have this going on all over society. And at some point, Christianity itself loses its ability to hold a society together because of what this is going on. We need to enshrine religious principles into our constitution and into our state law. And we are not going to lose our religious freedom on account of that because we don't have religious freedom in the first place. You know, it is a deceit, uh, uh, enunciated by the state that somehow or another, because the state tolerates all kinds of different religions, that that somehow is religious freedom. It really isn't. It's just religious plurality, and it doesn't contribute to the unity of people. It actually detracts from it. it goes exactly. The fundamental transformation in the conception of God, nature, and the human being wrought by liberal order and the irreligious atheism operating within its conceptions of nature and reason were concealed in the earlier stages of liberalism by the pietism and moralism of American Christianity and the inertial forth of a historically Christian culture. But the hollowing out of the natural and divine order undergirding Christian morality would make their collapse swift and inevitable like a dead tree blown over by a windstorm. In other words, our original Christianity carried over long enough to hold the nation together, but it couldn't, that, that, with that philosophy of anything goes and all religions are simply a matter of opinion, it soon was undercut by the winds of that particular philosophy and got blown over like a dead tree in a windstorm. And that, that's what has happened, and it needs to be restored, and we need to look for a precedent to restore it. And that precedent, in our opinion here, Lynn and I, and the opinion of this uh, uh, show, is that we need to reinstate the principles, some of the principles of Catholicism into our government. We won't be taking away any religious freedom. We'll actually be making a freer and a more humane world. The actual world that precedes me and defines me prior to my choosing is a threat to the limitless possibility that is liberal freedom. 
that is the the liberal uh, secular liberalism that is the at the root of our society the absolutization of possibility in the liberal conception of freedom and the scientific conception of truth thus necessitates a war against every form of antecedent order. In other words, a war of everything that came before us. Anything that came before us and was given to us as a given that we didn't choose, somehow or another we have a right to make a war on it, and there isn't in our society anymore any solid place to stand because of this constant rebellion and revolution against the status quo and mainly the revolution against Christianity, because that originally was the foundation of our civilization, and that is what is attacked, uh, because destroying that foundation in the minds of the utopians who are waging this war, somehow or another will bring about some kind of a utopia in which everyone will be able to choose everything for themselves. What it will really bring about is a totalitarian society and a un- dis- you know, inhuman society in a society where uh, fr- real freedom is not possible. Because possibility is infinite and the infinite cannot be traversed, the war must be interminable. Anti-fascism, for example, notice the priority of the negative, needs fascists hiding behind every bush, just as fire needs oxygen. And the same thing with racism. I mean, there, there's actually way less racism in our country than there ever was in the past. But racism is seen under every bed because it has to be seen that way. Because if you have a movement that is anti-racist, it must find racism to be opposed to. And it goes so on with everything. Uh, <clears throat> wokeness viewed religiosity, uh, or rather wokeness viewed religiously, can offer no atonement save for total annihilation, meaning that if you are a transgressor of whatever wokeness happens to be against at one particular time or another, uh, there is no atonement that you can make. You have to be, and your whole idea and your your, uh, idea as a person has to be totally annihilated by wokeness. It cannot tolerate the slightest uh, opposition to its principles, which lasts probably from day to day. Uh, There can be no end to them. Wokeness viewed religiously, again, can offer no atonement save for total annihilation. We can hope that the remains of indigenous American decency or mass sedation may stave off that consequence. But make no mistake, this is where the logic leads, meaning a war of all against all. Waking up every day and never knowing what particular form of wokeness or one particular idea that you might transgress and bring down all kinds of uh, <coughs> enmity on your head. And what's going to result be the result of that? Nobody can express anything. Exactly. It'd be silencing it, it leads, the people. It leads to a totalitarian society. Christianity leads to freedom. You know, the rules of Christianity lead to freedom, and the disorder of secular liberalism leads to totalitarianism. The logic of liberal order is the logic of utopianism without a utopia, promising the interminable pursuit of happiness and forbidding its arrival. Uh, 
This is a built-in tendency of modern politics as such, which is limited by no transcendent or external principle, such as the church, and which acknowledges no horizon beyond the political over which it is not the final arbiter and judge. The recent codification of radical new philosophy of, of a radical new philosophy of human nature by the U.S. Supreme Court illustrates this point. And I won't get into all of this, but the fact is, is that the Supreme Court itself rules in many cases, you know, against uh, religion. Hence, the feedback loop of ideological. Uh, the feedback loop of ideology automatically triggered by sins against identity. Think of Berkeley law professor Kyra Bridges' testimony in response to Senator Josh Hawley's question whether people with a capacity for pregnancy are women. And I'm going to have to stop here and take a break, so stay with us. We'll come back to this. So we'll be right back. You've been listening to Being Catholic with Bob Johnston on Catholic Spirit Radio. Got an old vehicle taking up space in your garage or rusting outside? Catholic Spirit Radio would love to have it. Turn your worn-out vehicle into a donation. Simply call 866-628-CARS or go to catholicspiritradio.com to click on the Donate Your Vehicle link. July is the month for Catholic Spirit Radio's Matching Monday. I'm this year's Matching Monday donor, Patricia, and I'm going to double up to $6,000 every donation made on the Monday's July. I challenge you to donate big, so I have to write that matching big check. Donate online at catholicspiritradio.com or mail your check on any Monday in July to 108 Boykin's Place in Normal. Why am I willing to be the matching donor? Before I converted, Catholicism seemed mysterious to me, even though my husband was Catholic. However, after speaking with a priest, I knew I wanted to become a Catholic too. I began listening to EWTN programs and grew tremendously in my understanding and love of the faith. When my children came along, I was thankful that we could attend church together, and we still do whenever family comes to town. Catholic Spirit Radio needs our financial support so we can grow in our faith. If you've never donated, start this July. If you've donated in the past, July is the month to give extra. Remember, I will double it during July Matching Mondays. Help seniors remain independent. Faith in Action is a nonprofit providing transportation for people over 60 to medical appointments and grocery stores. Become a Faith in Action driver in the extended Bloomington Normal Area, 309-827-7780. Has Catholic Spirit Radio touched you? Maybe it has brought you closer to God or even into the church. Tell us your story. Call or text our listener comment line. If you like, you can remain anonymous, 773-541-4159. Hi, this is Bob Johnston. You're listening to Being Catholic right here on Catholic Spirit Radio. We're back from our break. We're talking in general about integralism. Specifically, we're talking about the fact that secular liberalism has watered down the Christian principles that actually held our country together. And without those principles and without the precedent of a stable society being here to be born into and being accepted by those people who are born into it, we are experiencing a degeneration and a dissolution of our society, our culture, our values, uh, our behavior, everything. And if it keeps on moving in this direction, our society simply is going to collapse and disintegrate and probably will disintegrate into some type of totalitarian society, so pure totalitarian politics, without any real authority 
It will simply be held together by uh, the violence of coercion. And again, that leads to a society in which it simply is uh, ruled by force, like a lot of the other societies that we see around us in the world. And we'll have lost the very uh, heart of the society that was built by Christianity in the first place. It's hence the feedback loop of ideological uh, of ideology automatically triggered by sins against identity. Think of Berkeley Law Professor Kyra Bridges' testimony in response to Senator Joss Hawley's question whether people with a capacity for pregnancy are women. And she says, I am a woman because I identify as a woman. And I identify as a woman because I feel like a woman. Or rather, I feel like I feel that a woman must feel. In other words, it's turtles all the way down. Anything else is bigotry. And what this means is, is that she keeps on saying, I'm a woman because I feel like a woman and I feel like I feel like a woman. And the more you question her, the more her response is, is I'm a woman because I feel like a woman and I feel like a woman because I feel like a woman and so on. And the, the, the reference to turtles all the way down is a reference from a story about a visitor uh, from modern society that uh, visited uh, an island uh, nation, uh, I think in the Pacific somewhere, and uh, one of the citizens of that nation was explaining the religion to this visitor. And the person said, the people here believe that the whole world sits on a turtle, and in the, the movement of the world and so forth is, you know, the movement of the turtle. And, of course, the man asked, but then, you know, what does the turtle sit on? And the citizen says, there's no use asking that question because it's going to be turtles all the way down. In other words, it sits on a turtle and that turtle sits on a turtle and on and on and on. And that's the same thing that this woman does. She, in effect, is saying, I feel like a woman, you know, because I'm sitting on a turtle and the turtle is sitting on a turtle and there's turtles all the way down. In other words, she's not giving any coherent, coherent answer to the question. There is no possible argument against such assertions, no rational resolution, because the very assertion is a renunciation of both the reason and the common reality that ground the possibility of argument in the first place. Assertion of identity act as a principle of annihilation that negates reason and obliterates our common nature and a common order of reality in which we all participate and to which we all belong. And this is what is happening. My very speech is being obliterated. Things that, are, that we commonly can refer to are no longer, longer commonly referred to. Somehow or another, our whole language must be changed to fit the woke conception of reality, which is a, a fairy tale, really. It's like the Tower of Babel, isn't it? Exactly. You got it right there. It is the Tower of Babel when everybody's speech is confounded because people can no, no longer believe in something that unifies them anymore. Uh, it even obliterates the very language by which we recognize this world in common. And nothing is very strong indeed. Remember, the title of this article is, you know, about nothing. And uh, when you believe in nothing, nothing becomes very, very powerful. It, it uh, confounds speech and everything else. If you believe in nothing, there's no commonality in anything. 
day by day we are seeing already that the annihilation of human nature, the abolition of the, the abolition of the basic human realities of man, woman, mother, and father is going to require a great deal of us. It will require new laws, a new morality, a new history, a new kind of education, and a new language. It will require a new fusion of medicine, biotechnology, corporate power, and politics, for there can be no marriage equality without reproductive technologies and commercial surrogacy as an archetypal norm of procreation, just as there can be no transgenderism without the vast, unaccountable science experiment being performed on the nation's children a publicly supported regime of puberty-blocking hormones and surgical genital mutilation and the intervention of the state and non-governmental bureaucracies into the heart of familial relations. You can see already a sort of totalitarianism is already happening. Kids are being, in effect, bullied into performing all of these gender transformations and so forth by school teachers, doctors, and even the state itself. And uh, it, it is getting worse in our medicine and so forth. Look what happened with COVID. Look at the lies we were told about the vaccines and everything else uh, by the state. Uh, it's a strange, strange world that we're creating indeed. And the world that is strange, strange and being created is being created because we have lost the Christian principles that once governed us and provide a, provided a stable home and a stable society for children to be born and grow up in. Right. And the government has gotten to the point where they are advocating the idea that children do not belong to the parents. They belong to who? The state. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. And the, the fact is is that Christianity always ensured that the parents were the uh, authorities over children, and children belonged to the family, and the family was the building block of society. I mean, we need to wake up. We've gotten to the point where uh, the state, or the state, I, keep, I don't like that word really, <laughs> But the government, the, those in charge, are stepping into the role of the creator. They're funding programs to grow our generations, people, and having conception in tubes. And that eventually, I saw that an article somewhere about uh, there will be no longer human births. It will be all done by genetics and tubes. This is what we're looking looking at. It's what we need to wake up. We aren't the creator. God is the creator. There's even a war against animals, or a war against cattle, a war against farming, a war against just about everything. Everything has to everything be— Everything God created. Has to be torn down and redone because we didn't choose it. It was, it was a given. And this is, this is the ultimate result. Philosophies— in the long run, rule. When you operate by a principle that uh, is dysfunctional, eventually your society and your operations become dysfunctional. And even if you don't know consciously what that philosophy is, 
it gets into your behavior and so forth simply by osmosis. And just like secular liberalism has watered down Christianity because, in effect, it implies that religion is simply unnecessary. It's a personal opinion. It really is, is, is not true in any sense. And only liberalism itself is true. And eventually this idea prevails because it's uh, the idea that is held by the state. And the state is the institution that has the power of coercion and the power of force, the power of law. And so if it has a faulty uh, philosophy for operation, then its whole operation becomes faulty. These and other biotechnical interventions, yet unimagined, are integral. And there's that word, integral. And we're gonna we're talking about integrating Christianity into our culture again. Are integral to both the conceivability and the practicality of this new regime. This is why the sexual revolution is best understood not according to our civil rights mythology of the ever-forward march of freedom, and it is a mythology, and just like the idea of religious freedom is a mythology, but as a moment in the ever-forward march of the biotechnology and its conquest of human nature. And since power without authority can only compel as far as the capacity for coercion extends, sustaining this regime will require new extra-political and extra-legal mechanisms of enforcement. And those mechanisms are already available. For example, we see them in China in which the state uh, takes over the money system in such a way that uh, you don't really have any cash. Your money is just a figure in, in a bank account and that bank account is controlled by the state. And if you don't behave according to the state's uh, standards, your money can actually be taken away from you or certain amounts can be deducted as a punishment for not living up to how the state wants you to live. And if you live according to the state and do all of the things which it wants you to do, then you get some kind of a reward by some extra money being added to your account. And that could easily happen here. There are other uh, means of electronic control of people through uh, an Internet system and so forth. All of these loom in the future, and unless there is something to guard against them, it'll happen. And the one thing that guards against those types of things are the principles of Christianity, the principles of the idea of the individual, the family, the mother, the father, the idea of understanding reality as it really is, uh, Christianity and religion, a functional religion, looks at and understands the world as it really is and explains it in a rational way. And uh, what we have today, the secular liberal state, explains it in almost sort of some kind of a fantastic fairy tale way, twisting it so that somehow or another it can be bent to everybody's particular choice. The fusion of politics, corporate power, digital and biotechnology into one biotechnocratic system has catalyzed unprecedented new powers and new forms of political agency without political responsibility exercised completely outside the traditional channels of political deliberation, and decision-making, and attributable to no particular agency whatsoever. 
a tragic event in Minnesota can spontaneously provoke riots around the country and indeed the world before our politicians can even brush their teeth in the morning. Compared to powers of such scope and immediacy, a few hundred people gathering under a dome for part of the year to deliberate policy and pass laws seems positively antiquated. So, in other words, our, our political system under secular liberalism is not working. It's questionable and, to my mind, doubtful whether such power, once unleashed, can be brought under political control and governed by political means. It seems that revolutions tend by nature to take on a life of their own beyond the intent or control of the revolutionaries. Once launched, they cannot be easily recalled. And we ought to understand that. That's true. Uh, It goes on here, it says, It is little wonder, then, that a sense of dread hangs over the land. For some kind of post-political, even post-human future seems like an unavoidable fate, or at least like a fate we cannot avert by political means. If, however, the essence of totalitarianism is not the abolition of rights, but the abolition of truth, then overcoming this fate, or at least enduring it in faith and freedom, is not first a political matter, as important as it is to use whatever political means at our disposal to delay or divert this fate and to soften the blow of its arrival. Deliverance from this fate does not depend on the success of the American experiment. In other words, the American experiment we have is... is the success is not going to depend on it. In fact, it's the problem. And we need to contemplate and develop forms of Christian existence that do not depend on the restoration of this nation. We need something restored that is prior to this nation. Deliverance depends rather on the rediscovery of the truth about God, about creation, about nature, and about ourselves that has been obscured by centuries of perpetual revolution and the diminishment of Christianity. In other words, by the the centuries of secular liberalism as being the prime philosophy and ruling uh, principle of the state. This is not simply a matter of doctrine, or of biblical interpretation, though of course it is also all of these. It is an enormous philosophical labor to bring Christian truth, the the Christian mind, and indeed the Christian imagination rigorously to bear on every aspect of our lives. In other words, he's saying here that we don't need to do anything new. What we need to do is restore what we originally had, and that was Christendom. And we need to restore it uh, to some extent, at least. We need Christian principles that are regnant. They need to rule. They They need to have power. They need to be on a level with and above the uh, principles and, and rules of the secular state. And unless we do this, we're going to keep on going down this line of destruction. Thankfully, the addition of... Uh, of good, of the good in reality is beyond our power. Rediscovering it in reality is the key to rediscovering the fullness of Christianity. And notice that word, fullness of Christianity. The fullness of Christianity was actually altogether 
uh, a given to and by the Catholic Church. And it was the Catholic Church that laid the foundation for Christianity. And it's my contention and Lynn's contention here that Catholic principles need to be restored as a power in the state again. And that Catholic principles are amenable to almost all forms of religion in our country and will give us more freedom, not less freedom. And in, in, in they're actually not taking away any religious freedom because there isn't any religious freedom under secular liberalism in the first place. Take a look at what's happening to religion and where the state is going. So, yes, and this next week, please pick up the Bible and read Samuel. 1 Samuel, chapter 8. It'll give you a good uh, preview into what the beginning of what all where all this started. It was the rejection of God, that uh, the Creator, that began all this. Read it. But rediscovering the good in reality is the key to rediscovering the fullness of Christianity given to us by God as our one chance at deliverance from a hell of our own making. And so we'll talk more about instituting integralism in our show next week. So uh, listen in then. In the meantime, St. Michael, the Archangel, Archangel defend us in battle. Be our protection protection against against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, Prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all evil spirits who wander through the world for the ruin of souls. Amen. You've been listening to Being Catholic with Bob Johnston on Catholic Spirit Radio. If you'd like to contact Bob, email bob at catholicspiritradio.com. Again, that's bob at catholicspiritradio.com. Catholic Spirit Radio relies on your support to bring programming like this and EWTN 24 hours a day. Please help keep Catholic Spirit Radio on the air with your generous support. Donate online at catholicspiritradio.com or send a donation to Catholic Spirit Radio, 108 Boykins Place, Normal, Illinois, 61761. That's Catholic Spirit Radio, 108 Boykins Place, Normal, Illinois, 61761. Catholic Spirit Radio is a 501c3, and all donations are tax-deductible. Thank you for your support of Catholic Spirit Radio 